Yeah, no, he was he was talking about the Kobe's, then you know <clears throat> the the autos. Then he got into talking about the LeBron Panini LeBron, like the nice patch pieces from 2013 or 2013 flawless. I think he mentioned, which is pretty awesome because. He's thinking ahead. He's thinking, okay, LeBron's going to retire. He's got maybe two years left. Then he's going to retire. And all of a sudden, his autograph and his his card rights are with Upper Deck at that point, I believe, no longer with Panini. So that'll be the end of his in-uniform cards. Pretty interesting. Yeah, Brian Gray always has pretty good insights, and uh, he's got his finger on the pulse of the hobby for sure. Okay, well, we are live, uh, Joe. We are live. Uh, what a great episode that was with Brian Gray. A few, you know, just earlier tonight. Welcome everybody back to Sports Cards Live. Oh, I forgot to put on the after hours banner so we know where we are. There we go, Joe. There we go. Um, yeah, that that was a lot of fun with him. We've got a few comments in the crowd already. Brandon George, what's your Instagram, Sports Cards Live? Thank you for asking, Brandon George. I'll throw up all my socials right there. That's where you can follow me, guys, on Instagram, Twitter. And if you're not yet a member of the Sports Cards Live Facebook group, guys, I encourage you, if you have a Facebook account and you use it, <clears throat> feel free to join the join the group. It's simply called Sports Cards Live. And... Uh, you will need to be admitted in unless you have a couple of friends in the group already. But if you need to, it'll ask you for a reference. You can just say the sports cards live or put down Jeremy, whatever it is. And I'll automatically uh, uh, welcome you into the sports cards live Facebook group. It's a good place to be with some of the, the odd uh, cool discussion happens, but it's where all of the shows are announced as well. Usually um, either the day before or earlier on during the day of the show. So check those out. <clears throat> Let's see what we got here. Yeah, that was it. Just J Lee underscore sports cards live. That, oh, I see that's a hockey guy answering for me. Thank you very much. Big unit says, can Jeremy make Joe swear again tonight? Like on Carlos's live stream last Sunday. I mean, that big unit, it's not my goal. You know, I'm not going to set out to make Joe swear. And I try not, you know, I tell all my guests when I plan with them, I say, listen, I don't swear on the show. I think I've, I think I've sworn like twice. Um, and it's just, just kind of my thing. I just, you know, but I say, people said, what are you going to do if, if you get Gary V? Cause Gary B he he's dropping F-bombs every third word. I said, if Gary V wants to come on the show, I'm going to let him swear as much as he wants. That'll be the one, the one guy that I'm not going to get stand in his way and tell him not to be him. So, um, not that I tell anyone not to be themselves, but, uh, but Joe, what was, uh, what was causing you to swear last Sunday on Carlos's stream? Uh, Gosh, that you, you got me there. Um, you know, Carlos is quite a provocateur, so it, it could have been a lot of things. <laughs> I, I hear that for sure. I hear that. Rocco is taking the after hours live dive. Yeah, he was BG was great. Thanks, Rocco. Great to have you back for uh, for after hours. And if you're new, uh, AZ Brothers, welcome, welcome. Um, you know, if any of you guys are new to after hours, it's basically the reason this show started was because. We were going two hours on the main sports cards live show and with a bunch of viewers were basically like, hey, don't stop now. Go for hour three. Go for hour three. And I thought, well, three hour lives. I mean, I'm no I'm no because I'm Carlos. Right. I, I can't really support the five, six, seven hour stream. So I wanted to keep it to about two and just start a new one and bring on someone. And again, it's less of a real interview, more of a conversation. At least that's my my intention. And. So we'll see how it goes. It's different every time. But uh, welcome to anybody who's new. Thanks to my man, Joe Perot. 
for joining me for the third or fourth time on here, probably Joe, right? Yeah, we've, we've, we've uh, had, had some history and uh, gosh, the hobby is just moving so quickly. It's like, where, where do we begin to keep up with all of this? It's hard. It's hard to keep up. So what we talked a bit about dibs on the last uh, show, um, again, a kind of a real time fractional ownership, uh, you know, where you can buy in for as little as a dollar, I believe, into any of their offerings. Does that interest you? Yeah, I mean, I might need to learn more about it, but I, I'm I'm trying to stay in my own lane at this point. I mean, there's there's so much going on and I, I want to stay focused on you know, the area of, of collecting that I feel like I at least have a little bit of knowledge. And, uh, you know, if, if somewhere along the way, there's like, oh, okay, jump, jump over to this lane or check this out maybe, but not so much. Yeah. I, I, I've heard a few things about it. It sounds intriguing. It sounds like a lot of people out there are thinking about creative approaches to, um, you know, where we are in, in the whole collectible industry. So, yeah. I think you're right. It, it, that, that said it really well. It's kind of the the next evolution of the fractional, bringing it more to the people, making it quicker. Uh, you know, I want. I don't know that it's going to be SEC regulated like the fra- like the. I want to say the bigger, but the the other fractionals are, or at least I know collectible is and rally is. Um, and actually, the uh, the president or the founder of Otis. Um, they reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. Otis is another, if you're not aware, Joe, and anyone out there, if you're not aware, Otis is another fractional uh, company in the space. And they reached out to me uh, to get on the show. So they're coming on. I think it's April 27th. I booked uh, their president, Michael, for president, founder, CEO. I'm not sure of his title yet, but they're coming on later. So we'll learn more about fractionals at that point in time. In the break in between the shows, Joe, I was looking at my my phone and um I saw the golden auctions. Uh, the The website went down tonight during the close. Did you uh, Did you hear? Yeah, I, I did not. Um, I was I was sort of tracking that a little earlier in the day, at least what what we could. And I think you mentioned the Kobe card um, somewhere along the way in the last show, but uh, it it just went down, huh? I guess it went down. I think it's back up now, uh, but it did go down for a while. So some people were talking about that. Um, apparently, the Kevin Durant. I think it was a Kevin Durant. I saw some, I'm going to sound like, I, I think it was a Kevin Durant went for like over half a million dollars tonight on there. So they're back up. I guess they've gotten their, 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 their uh, ducks back in a row and they're working through their, whatever technical issues they were having. But yeah, that was, that was interesting to hear that they went down that they've gone down before. So I, hopefully with this new investment, they'll get their tech up, uh, up to snuff and we won't see that happening anymore. And I got to think they will. Hopefully they do. Uh, Jeff McMahon says, great job with Brian. Thank you, Jeff. Looking forward to after hours. Great to have you. After hours time, Eric, good evening. Good evening. Brandon, George, wondering what these topics will be like. Well, it's what you want to make of it, Brandon. You know, this is kind of a open-ended sort of uh, uh, show after hours. We're kind of chilling. I don't have any notes. You know, I got, I got a page full of notes for the main show. This one, I try and keep it more relaxing and I'm trying to, you know, maybe talk a little bit less or a little bit loud, whatever it is. But, uh, We'll go. We'll we'll uh, we'll make our way through. Carlos, welcome. Says noble goals, but it has to be of the moment. Joe looks like he's on his best behavior. There we. Oh, it was the Gaudi Ruth. Chris is telling us the Gaudi Ruth is the. Oh, that's what made uh, Joe swear. Okay, got it, got it. Brian Kingsley. Brian Kingsley made his uh, live stream debut last Sunday on Because I'm Carlos. That was really cool. Brian's a guy that's been kind of in the chats for months and months now on on the various live streams that I watch, including this one. And it was nice to meet you, Brian. 
you know, face to face, if not remotely. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Vic, there's my man, Sean, Victory Investment. So there you go. I hope Sean, Sean is the guy that I showed the two wraps of. Um, and uh, as I've said, um, really enjoy them. I mean, I've watched each of those probably 15, 20 times now. They're both really catchy. And I encouraged him earlier today in a private chat. I said, dude, you got to keep these things coming because you're you're about to blow up on social media with those the way you're you're uh, uh, what do we say? Throwing down rhymes. I think it is. I'm no rapper myself, but uh, and this guy's a collector. It's really cool. Really cool. I'm glad you're here, Sean. Thank you for joining. Uh, anonymous Facebook user. Guys, I don't know why we still have anonymous Facebook users. So I'm going to throw this up right now on the ticker. So right there, go to streamyard.com slash Facebook. And sometimes it'll happen if you usually watch on your computer. Now you're on your phone, that kind of thing. So please go and hit that so we know who we are dealing with. It makes this show so much more fun when I know who you are and can talk to you. Just uh, just the way to go, the way to go, if I might say so. And that's not good news. The Oilers took down, or and I don't think there's much time left in that game, but okay, Flames, let's get one back. Yes, of course, McDavid. I'd rather be him than anybody else because it's good for the hobby. Good for the hobby, right? Colin Murray, who is an After Hours alumni, tuning in. Welcome back, Colin. And uh, what do we, oh boy, we got lots of comments. You guys are pouring in here. Awesome. Yannick lets us know golden final auction numbers 1996 Kobe, 1.46 million. 52 tops, Mickey Mantle, PSA 8, 1.9 million. Roberto, Joe, Roberto Clemente, PSA 9, $900,000. Yannick, un unofficial. Hey, got Yannick, I appreciate that. And, you know, if you don't mind, give us some more results. Be happy to throw them on the screen and, Let's see what's going on. Here we have a topic from Evan Thomas. Let's talk die cuts. I love them ever since you showed your Noise Boys cards. What are some of your favorites over the years? Thanks for hosting. You're welcome. Joe, do you have any favorite die cuts over the years? Um, I mean, you got to think back to all those Jordan inserts and and go through, you know, the various ones, you know, the Skybox ones, the the uh, Fleers. But um I mean, currently I've been looking at select die cuts just for modern basketball, um, you know, little little Booker, little Giannis, little Embiid, just, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Now, I'm, I'm not a huge die cut guy, but, you know, I, I appreciate them here and there. And it's something that back in the day, Joe, I didn't like them because I thought, hey, wait, I want the whole card. I'm, I'm only I'm only getting 80% of a card now. Like, well, what's that all? Where's the rest of it, right? But yeah. my tastes have evolved extremely to the point where my favorite cards are you know and i collect a couple i collect some jordan i collect some shack and i love the hot shots i love it i love the noise boys uh and i love the big men on court those are my three favorites to me those are just stunning cards and i'm okay with having you know 70 to 90 percent of, of the card to, to fill the, the the frame within the the slab or the holder i like them in slabs and and yet you know hopefully they don't tilt I've had a few that have just been like permanently tilted in the slab and it's like, Oh, come on. But if, if you get a nice, you know, symmetrical fit in the slab, they, they can be pretty cool. And that kind of makes up for the feeling of like, do I have a whole card? It's like, yeah, you got the slab card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The slab kind of let, lets you know that, Hey, all of the card that's supposed to be there is there. Right. Yeah. But Evan Thomas, let's hear from you. What are some of your favorite die cuts? I'm sure that now, you know, you saw the noise boys, which is awesome. Um, I'm, I gotta think Evan, you've been out there looking and researching and finding some others. So let us know what, what's caught your eye. Cause 
you know, believe it or not, that will likely get me searching later. I shouldn't say believe it or not. It's the way the hobby works, right? We learn things from other people. We go looking and then we're like, hey, that's cool. There's another, there's a Ken Griffey Jr. die cut that caught my eye. I don't remember what it's called, but it's got like these mechanics in it. It's a, I'm sure, uh, hopefully Carlos or Chris knows and can let us know, but I don't remember what it's called. And I've been watching some on, on, on eBay. It's a horizontal card. And it's um, it's got like some gears on it, like mechanical gears. It looks pretty cool. I'd like to remember what that is. Uh, Chris Carter, my first after hours with Joe. He's been great, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, Chris. Awesome. Hockey guy. Forgot to tell us where Joe is from. Seems to be a thing now. Joe, I, I mention where he's from when he's in the chat all the time. Joe is my man from Santa Cruz, California, and I'm a big fan of Santa Cruz. So perfect, perfect. Good to, good to see hockey guy. There we go. AZ, when after hours is only 10.30 West Coast, best coast. Yeah, that's right. It's 10.30, well, 10.38 where I am. So we'll go for about an hour or so, I got to think, tonight. Yeah, there you go, Ryan McDavid's. Is it still 3-2 or is it that they scored an empty netter yet? Hope not. Hope not. Great rhymes. There we go. Yeah, Victory Investments throws down the rhymes. I got to say, whoa, you guys are throwing the comments in here tonight, which I do appreciate. Let's see. Yeah, they they were sweet. They were sweet. Happy Saturday night live. Happy happy sports cards live. Saturday night sports cards live. All right. You are welcome, Sean, if you're still here. Brian Kingsley, Tarn Feather the Anonymous. Yeah, exactly. Okay. PSA 9 OPG Gretzky went for $151,000. Could have bought nines all day long for five grand, you know, five years ago. Not anymore. Not anymore. Tops nine for 66. Nice to see PSA 795. So those last two are pretty much right in line with where we've seen. I think the tops might be high uh, up by about 10,000. The PSA 7, that's been where it's been. But the Opeachy PSA 9 for 151, I do think I saw one sell for over 200 recently, but I don't know the validity of that. So 151 seems more sort of, uh, of, a, of a more natural progression from where it was before, for sure. Tower 72, welcome to the show. Great to have you. What's Chris saying? JL, in my experience, why are the, where's the rest of that question? Oh, here we go. Why are the Win Winnipeg Jets so lowly collected versus other NHL teams, even players like Wheeler, Shifley, et cetera? Small market, but just bombers for comp. Yeah, I think it's small market is the only real reason uh, that I can think of. So I don't know any more about that, uh, Chris. And, you know, I'm from Winnipeg originally, so I do like those players. But um, I'm not, you know, I've got a bunch of Shifley's, but I'm not collecting them anymore. I'm not really adding maybe one card a year type of thing. That's about it for me. Behind the Tanks lets us know that his PSA submission from June just hit the QA2 stage. Well, congrats. That's progress. That is, pro oh, there we go. Look, of course, Billy's coming in on Facebook and doesn't tell us who it is. Billy. Billy. Look, and there, look, I thought I was on YouTube. Bro, bro, what state are you in? Do you even know what state you're in? <laughs> Great to have you, Billy. Billy is a product manager at Upper Deck. Okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. 36 Opeachy Hockey, the original die cut. Yeah, but you had to die cut it yourself. That's Those are the cards that had the – it was it was already cut, but you had to pull the panel, like rip it off. They're, they made them in baseball too, I think, in the same year. Congrats to the oil. I'm beating my flint. Hot gloves. I love the hot gloves too, Brian, which to me is very much like the uh like the hot shots, but the but the baseball version. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. hot gloves. Really cool card. 
Die cuts always meant you got an SP. I remember some of the die cuts in the 94 SP hockey. It was actually, I think it was 94 SP hockey or 93 hot. Anyway, there was an insert that was called the SP Premier, and then there was a die cut parallel of it, which were pretty cool. Pinnacle, big numbers are sweet as far as die cuts go. Very cool. Chris Carter, I got some Noise Boys NHL getting graded right now at MNT. Very cool. Good luck on your grades with those. Gold medallion die cuts. Yeah, very cool. LeBron James, Top Tricky 201 should sell. It is likely pristine. Not sure what that's in reference to, but sounds good. Sounds good. Joe, anything on your mind at the moment? I mean, I we kind of talked, guys, before we went live. We said, hey, that was an action-packed episode with Brian Gray. We covered tons of topics there. And I said to Joe, did anything really stick out in your mind as something that was interesting? And you, Joe, you said, well, I think the thing that caught your mind the most was when Brian said, you know, you've got to kind of find finding your why, finding your your purpose in the hobby. Um, did that that resonated with you? Can you expand on that kind of how how or why it did? Yeah, I think he was talking about, yeah, your your thesis um and 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 focus. So and and that's been a challenge for me. I'm I'm somewhat whimsical. I'll I'll move in all sorts of directions at any given moment. I have my you know my fallbacks, but I do think you can cover um, you you can go deeper when you focus, obviously, and you can kind of mine down to locate you know maybe acquisitions to your collection that are maybe really going to um, stand the test of time and 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 have you feeling satisfied that you know you directed your energy in that way and I that's kind of what I got out of what he was saying is that if you're, if you're just, you know, kind of going this way, going that way, fickle, you know, and, and, and there's so much advice right now that it is easy to kind of get thrown off with, you know, FOMO or, you know, new opportunities and all of that's important, but it, 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 you eventually kind of have to trust yourself, right. And, and kind of investigate your own, collecting sensibilities and what what's important to you I, that's kind of what I got from from Brian's um, advice there and I, I I think it's incredibly wise and not always easy to do because you know we we can get um, you know what's what's glittery what's exciting what's new um, and 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 it doesn't mean you can't let your collecting evolve either I mean it's it's it, it's it's good that it evolves and um, at the same time you know you don't want to go so far off where it's kind of like, what did I do? You know, like six months later, what, what did I do here? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how, kind of like my, my uh, six months later reaction after I kind of jumped into the Pokemon market, bought about, I think about 13 cards over a few weeks. And I was like, well, why, why, you know, cause then I went and watched the show and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, it, it, res it resonates with me in the negative. Like there's actually nothing about it that I really enjoy, but that said, you know, I, I still think there's really there's nothing wrong with throwing a dart at an investment once in a while in the hobby that is maybe outside your your comfort, your passion zone, your your nostalgia zone. So I'm I have these things. Sure, I'd like to sell them and just get rid of them so I don't have to worry about them. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm kind of in the money. You never know what the future holds. So for the for the investment, maybe I'll just sit on them for a while and let them uh, let them kind of marinate there and see what happens in the long run. And hopefully I don't lose money and maybe, you know, but what Brian said that he said, you know, trust your gut, trust your instinct on some of these kind of uh, outside of the ordinary uh, lanes that you can go down and 
because he said he's his exact words were because when you're right, you're right, you know, and right now when you're right, that could mean some big gains financially or value wise. And then, you know, you can take those, trade them towards something you really love or, uh, or you love those and maybe buy a bunch of them and you keep one for a memento and sell the rest and move them into something else. So all sorts of different things you can do there. I like this comment from Eric. Joey says, sell the other 20% of the card, the 20% that's missing from the die cut, right? Darcy, my man, Darcy from BC in the house. Darcy, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, and then here it is, uh, Ed Seat, the Griffey, the metal hit machines. I think that is the one I was talking about, Ed. So thank you for throwing that up there. Appreciate that. We got the Hobby Cop watching on your lunch break. So where does that put you, Hobby? Does that put you in Australia or where does that put you? Because that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Jordan Riker says, uh, do you guys have any uh, have any rainbows? Are you chasing any rainbows? Joe. Uh, I mean, I guess I've, I've got a few Curry, I, you know, nothing, nothing deliberate. Um, probably Steph Curry would be the closest thing I have to a little representation of color, but not even in one particular issue, which I guess is that sort of what rainbows are about. It's like you're parallel, all the parallels of a certain card. Yeah. I kind of mix it up. I, I like diversifying and, and I, I, I do like color and I, you know, shiny color. Um, and I think that's a little bit of what we're seeing in, in the market with the kind of base card deflation and maybe people turning their directions into numbered parallels. But yeah, I can't say that I, I'm the kind of collector that needs multiples of the same issue. Um, yeah, enough. same here. I've never been a rainbow chaser. I'm usually happy with one, like one, maybe two of the card. I do have a, you know, by just kind of by accident, I have a couple like the 2012 uh, Fleer Retro Precious Metal Gems, Timu Solani. He's got a red, a green and a blue. I have all three of them, Ooh. but it's because I collect Timu. He's my all time favorite player, but you know, it's not like I went looking for the rainbow. That was, that had nothing to do with it. To me, rainbows are, it's not something I ever need. Um, I prefer to have the rarest of the rainbow, you know, that kind of, that's kind of where I really want to see cards, but um, so uh, nothing really Jordan, but thank you for the question. Yes, Brian hit machines was the card I was thinking about for sure. Robert Rothenberg says soul of the game inserts are interesting. I have a neat story about soul of the game. I agree. They're pretty cool. I like the, I like the colors and in, in the words in the background, but that card was originally meant to be a die cut card. And if you notice, it's not die cut. It's all there. The, the, the perfect rectangle is there, but That's it was it. meant to be a die cut. And then, and we know this because uh Gene and Earl arena of arena designs made it known publicly that uh, that card along with also there's another one that was supposed the star, the rave review, I think it was, was also supposed to be a die cut, but I guess they ran out of time or whatever it was back in the nineties and they didn't uh, end up die cutting them. So pretty cool. Yes. Is, uh, is the golden touch die cut the one you got? Yes. The, the shack. The shack is a, yeah, that's enough. That's a, that's going to go nicely with the other three die cuts. I, I kind of, yeah, these are, they're, they're just awesome cards. Awesome cards. Kevin Jones. Nice chatting with you on Clubhouse the other day. Kevin, same here. Really enjoyed it, Kevin. You had some awesome things to say. So uh, great to see you. Thank you for joining us here tonight. And um, later tonight, I'll probably be lurking in on Clubhouse again as I'm falling asleep. Don't know that I'll get up to the stage to talk because my wife will be sleeping next to me. But thank you, Kevin. Thank you for joining us tonight. Another confirmation that it's a Fleer Ultra hitting machine. Yeah, that's a card I want to pick up, but they're not cheap. 
but they're awesome. They're awesome looking die cuts. Were you were you kind of a Griffey fan back in the '90s? I mean, proximity to Seattle, or what was what was going on there? No, nothing to do with Seattle. It was because you know I don't. My baseball team is the Blue Jays, but I'm a Fairweather fan. I'm only really interested when they're doing well. When they're not doing well, I don't follow them. I couldn't even tell you who's on the team right now. That's how much of a bandwagoner I am when it comes to baseball right now. But in the early 90s, I was all over the Blue Jays. and I was watching baseball very closely, and I, I was loving it. Guys, you know, all the rookies from the really the 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s, that's my era. Like, I, I, bought, a, I bought my George Brett and Robin Yount rookies. I was at a, I walked into a card show with my parents. I think I was 16 years old in LA. We were there on a family trip. So that puts us in the late eighties. And I bought, a, I bought those two rookie cards back then. I think they were the first two rookies I bought were there. And I bought them as a pair. I don't remember what they were 80 bucks each, something like that, you know, well before grading on the internet. So, but for the Griffey specifically, I mean, he came out guns a blazing. He was the number one card in, I mean, 89 upper deck was who wasn't chasing that card back then. So it stemmed from there, Joe. And yeah, to the, you know, five tool player, never got messed, never got involved in, in the steroid uh, era, all that, or the steroid um, uh, scandal back in the day. So just a clean guy, just a clean cut guy and an easy guy to collect. And, and an iconic card. I mean, the 89 upper deck, I finally, I finally pulled it you know i just was like okay and i i got the infamous you know bgs8 white label i got a pretty good deal and it's a very nice bgs8 um and still relatively cheap compared to what the tens are going for right and i'm happy i got it because now i'm holding it i'm looking at it and it's bringing back memories because that as as we recall i mean in in you know the early 90s or you know 89 um that was all of what the hobby was about and that's it's you know that's a that's a smart comment because it's act it's what's causing a lot of the hobby right now again right I mean of course we got people that are just looking to capitalize but it's still really truly driven by the nostalgia so I'm with you man I I love you know I'm the one chunk of time in history that I didn't step away from the hobby but I stepped back from it was like ninety five till around ninety nine and so I missed I missed that re- the insert era. And now I find myself enamored by it. Love it. I, I love see and I love learning about the cards, finding new cards. I'm always discovering new cards from that little window of time in that in the late 90s. And it's also because I appreciate them so much, you kind of need to. I felt I needed to pick a player to go with. So I went with Ken Griffey Jr. because it was an easy choice for me. Whereas in basketball, I went with MJ because he's it's obvious. And I do, when I spend money, I want to consider the investment aspect of the cards. But I went with Shaq because he was my favorite back in the day. He still is. I, I love that guy. So, you know, that's kind of why I, I went with that with Ken Griffey as my as my access to 90s insert baseball cards. Totally. And, yeah. and you, you've shared that your your collecting strategy, which I think is is a great one, is really dialing in on Hall of Fame players and looking at, you know, what what's the best card I can procure of them, and and then you have a lot represented. But then you can dive in a little deeper with particular players, be it, you know, Griffey or Shaq or you know Connor McDavid or whomever <laughs> Gretzky. Yeah, and if I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna take my hard earned money and I'm gonna put it into cardboard, basically taking money, you know 
away from my family temporarily. I want to be able to, you know, at the right time when I, whether I need to, you know, help my kids with college or help them with a down payment on a house or leave them when I go, I just want my cardboard to be convertible to cash and not be of some obscure player that no one's going to buy from me at, at that time. Now, if you're not spending, you know, I'm not, nothing against collect player collecting obscure players because you're probably not, if they're obscure, you're not having to spend much money on them. So the hobby aspect really shines through there as it should. But totally. when I'm going back in time. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, and you, you, your, your episode, um, was it just last week? Cause, um, the, the pro set box that you ripped, um, last weekend and, uh, some packs yeah. left right here. Oh my goodness. So, so I, I kind of did a little quick, uh, reconnaissance there and, um, kind of found a few of my own, a little, a few graded ones. So this is a Tom Petty pro set graded nine talking about just as soon as I said, uh, you know, I'm staying in my lane. I'm, I'm revealing that I'm not actually staying in my lane entirely. And then, uh, Another one here, um, I think we might know who this uh, woman is, uh, Madonna. Madonna. Kind of a, oh, let me, let me make sure everybody can see it. Is that and, an 8.5? Yeah, PSA yeah, 8.5. Madonna. And you, you were saying that there's a lot of chipped edges yeah. on it. So, so I, yeah. Here, here's like, I opened a bunch of packs of it last week, and here they are, you know, and, and I've been looking at the cards PSA 10 is basically impossible for any card I pulled out of the pack. I mean, they're obviously 30 years old, but right out of the packs, there's like chips on the corners. There's some sometimes dents in the cards themselves. So high grades of these music cards aren't easy to find. But those three, those are so cool. And they look good in the slabs. Well, let's and, and last but not least, for all the Led Zeppelin fans out there, this is is Jimmy James. Um not sure if you can see them, but it's a little bit of a dark card. But these these present so nicely, especially in the slab, and that PSA grades them makes me feel like they're a little more legit. So there could there could be something, some opportunity there in music. Well, you know, Brian Gray, he was just talking on the last episode. He said something like, you know, people are going to wrestling, they're going to Marvel. We kind of went down that line of conversation, but he didn't say anything about you know Pro ninety one Pro set. ProSet music cards or, or Yo MTV raps. And uh, I mean, again, it's ProSet, so it's going to be tough to get big value out of these in the future, but you never know. 91 Marvel cards or whatever, 90 or 91 Marvel cards are doing stupid things right now. And by stupid, I mean big money. I'm not I'm not questioning anyone's uh, intelligence there. Who might do that? But I'm definitely saying big money for you know junk wax era cards literally this is the definition you look up junk wax in the dictionary this is the kind of thing you're seeing you know i mean it just feels so cheap and the paper the, the card itself is it's, it's just very it's a cheap uh cheap card stock for sure but they're cool and if you have them in high grade i can tell you from experience now breaking three quarters of a box it's tough to find them in good shape so cool all right uh, i want to welcome name to the show indigenous rookie cards welcome was watching ufc Great to have you, name as always. I love. I think Daniel made the same comment last time you were on. Wow, Justin Trudeau is a guest because you do kind of look like our prime minister up here. Very much, very much. What does Evan say? Uh, I brought up the die cuts because I bought a Shack Noise Boys on eBay, but it's uncut. Actually, a little worried I bought a fake or uncut. Yeah, so I don't think you bought a fake, Evan. I think you bought one that just didn't get under the knife. The and test. yeah, the test. They have a test one, right? Or um, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, 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 please continue, actually. 
So I, I was I was in the market for some noise boys myself, and I ended up getting a, a Penny Hardaway, and it looked as though there there are full cards that were, um, I, I guess, test prints that never actually got die cut. So I I would maybe it, it's possible, um, Evan, that it's not a, a fake, but just one of those test runs, which may I don't know, I, it probably isn't at the same value as the original, but it's. A, a legitimate and and factory produced card. So, factory produced card being key there, and I I agree with that. I don't think it's a fake. I think it might have been a part of the Fleer bankruptcy sale. It could have come out there if that even makes sense. Uh, but I've seen them before, and for me, I wouldn't want it. No offense, uh, Evan, but I want the die. I want it as it was meant to be. So if you do too, I'd say just throw it back up, sell it, and find the real thing. Or if you want, or keep look for the other one and keep it. But leave that totally up to you, of course. Of course, um, AZ Brothers is Proset licensed on like Leaf. Uh, Proset is not licensed; they have no licenses, uh, just like Leaf doesn't. It really is now. Uh, if Leaf had a license, they would most likely be able to apply it to the Proset trademark because they or throw the Proset trademark onto a product that because they would likely have licenses for all their brands, all their all their IPs. I would think. Um, okay, what else we got here, guys? Sorry, I'm, we're, we're behind in the comments. I know it's awkward, but it's just the way it rolls. Just the way we roll on here. Saturday night. It's Saturday night. Brent Criswell says, hey to Jeremy and Joe. Hello, Brent. Hello again, Brent. Uh, hockey guy, still waiting for a company to do an actual rainbow. Yeah, you th the Roy G. Biv uh, rainbow of colors, right? That's what you're talking about. We need indigo in our, in our, in our packs nowadays. What did Darcy say? Just pulled the 2021 hoops, blue reactive LeBron, Steph Curry, and James Weinman. Wiseman. Nice, Darcy. Very nice. Very nice. Peter Chow. Jeremy, you talked before about the Solani shooting his glove picture. The original art for the Upper Deck Masterpieces canvas is up on eBay. Really? That's really cool. Thank you, Peter. I'll have to look for that. Chris Carter. On the topics of grading, so I have some cards at MNT examples some pmgs out of 10 would you guys buy cards and slabs of non-psa bgs or would a lower tier slab turn you off well chris i would buy it and i've done it i've bought pmgs and ksa holders because i want the card again i'm buying the card not the holder um, i will pay a premium for it if it's in a bgs or a psa slab if it's in an mnt or a ksa or any or a hga or anything else i probably won't pay a premium over raw and that's why i would stick with the big guys in far as grading, but yeah, I would buy it hundred percent. I'd buy it cause I want the card and some a PMG 10, this is going to sound crazy, but and I'm not assuming yours is at all, but I'll even buy them if they're trimmed, if they're known trimmed, I don't care. There's only 10 of them out there. If I need one of those for my collection, I'll take a trim copy. What do I care? It's, it's still, it's so authentic. And, um, and the only one I'll, I might ever see. Uh, hockey guy, I like the cards look like stained glass. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I do too. Griffey was baseball before the strike. Yeah, that's how, that's how, until Jeter came around. Even, I guess Jeter took a bit of time to get rolling, but once he, you know, I said that I was going back and buying um, Griffey cards as my my kind of representation of the 90s inserts, but I have picked up a couple Jeters as well. Do you have a 93 foil? Do you have a Jeter rookie? I do, I do, yeah. You do. Nine, 10? No, no. <laughs> Not a, I don't have a million dollar card in my collection like a Jeter 10. I, never I, I remember when I, I bought my Jeremy, you pull out you know LeBron EX credentials and stuff. So who knows? When I bought my my Jordan PSA 9 rookie, my 86 Fleer PSA 9, I bought it in 2008 at the National for a thousand dollars, 900 or a thousand bucks. And I remember 
the guy across the booth where I bought the Jordan had a SP Jeter PSA nine for a thousand dollars. And I thought, Oh, I just bought the Jordan. Should I buy the Griffey? I'm like, or should I buy the Jeter? I'm like, nah, it's too much money. I'll wait for it to come down sort of thing. And now I have an eight in my collection. Um, yeah. So solid. solid. I'm, I'm looking for like a, a, a six maybe. And just, just to get in, because that's another one of those cards that I feel like even though I never really wanted it. And I always kind of said, I don't need that. Now that time has passed, I'm like, yeah, that Jeter SP, that wouldn't be a bad card to have in the collection. And, you know, a, a PSA slab six or something. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Brian Kingsley shouts out the Star Power Plus die cut. Yeah, the Star, you got the Star, star Power, you got the Star Power Plus and the Star Power Supreme, which are which were in basketball. I forget what product it was exactly. Tough to keep track. But we do have Kobe uh, super Star Power Supreme, which is one of my favorite cards. Such a nice card. And it's a cool die cut as well. Uh, imagine Griffey with the heightened media attention. Yeah, if he was still playing now, there'd still be going for sure, for sure. Quality control wasn't exactly in the pro set lexicon in 1990. Very true, Tanks. Very true. Uh, Jeremy, bust out Lita Ford. Yeah, no pun intended. Bust out Lita Ford. I don't even know if I even if I kept her uh, out. Oh, oh, I'm looking through the cards. I don't think she was worth in my for my like collection of these cards. I don't think I kept not kept her. She's just in a stack that's not within arm's reach right now. But sorry, big unit, but I appreciate it. Kingsley says I saw the welcome back Cotter cards. Yeah, that's I want some welcome back Cotter because I like John Travolta. Wouldn't mind a Travolta card from the '70s. That'd be pretty cool. Brent just bought Panini Snoop Dogg and Notorious B.I.G. Need the Tupac. Yeah, that's very cool. See, I, th I think I think some of this music stuff, Joe, and, and, and everyone out there, I think that that, you know, what hasn't been hit yet in terms of cardboard, right? We've gone through wrestling. We've gone through Pokemon. We've gone through wrestling. We've gone through tennis. We've gone through um, Marvel, right? All these genres that have cardboard representation are being hit. To me, music seems to be like something that is ripe for the picking. And full disclosure, I've been picking some up. I've been picking some up. And not, not this stuff, but some more vintage stuff. There is vintage out there. I'm going to say a word to you guys right now. You probably never heard this word before. I'm going to say a word to you right now. And, uh, and I have a feeling you'll be hearing more of this word. The word is, I think it's a Swedish word. The word is, I'm not exactly sure how to say it. But you can you can eBay or Google it. The word is Samlar Saker. Samlar Saker. I think you'll be hearing that word quite a bit more as time goes by here because there's some cards by that name or brand or whatever it is that are pretty awesome. And um, you know, we collect sports cards for the most most part because it's related to sports and. We love sports. We all love sports, right, Joe? I mean, who doesn't love sports? If you're if you're watching right now, you love sports or you love sports cards. You probably love both. And um, and to feel like we're in the game, we purchase cards. It gives us some ownership of the player. It makes us feel connected to the player, to our youth, to our favorite team, to that favorite player, whatever it is. The nostalgia. It's hard to describe sometimes, but we collect sports cards to connect us to sports. I think that's fair. If you love music, 
And music is more pervasive in the world than sports is. Everybody, everybody in the world who's ever been alive has heard music. I, okay, Carlos will be like, well, not everybody, Jeremy. <laughs> maybe he's probably right. Maybe not everybody of the, of the 15 billion people that have lived. Maybe not everybody. But we all love music, right? We all have some sort of music. And to me, it's like, hey, what can we collect to make us close? You're not buying, I mean, unless you collect vinyl, concert t-shirts, ticket stubs are cool. I don't collect concert t-shirts. I have some. I don't collect ticket stubs. They're not interesting enough for me. They're cool. And they mark an event, which is kind of neat. Well, not kind of, very neat. I don't collect vinyl. I don't collect CD covers or CDs. So I collect cardboard. So to me, it kind of makes sense, right? To go look look at some cardboard related to music. What, what are your thoughts, Joni? Am I, am I out to lunch or what do you think? I, I think the recent attention that sports cards are getting will create entry points for all sorts of people. And I think, as you said, there is just a, a massively broad base of, of music lovers. And so if people get the bug um, that we've had all these years of, of collecting cardboard, and then they identify cards that, you know, maybe weren't necessarily uh, esteemed in, in the hobby, because let's face it, for the most of the hundred years or so that there's been cards it's it's mostly been sports cards but occasionally there have been issues you know through the 50s 60s 70s where um musicians have been featured and i think there is um you know people people love their music right i mean you talk about fans um and and fanaticism um you, you know you you have people who they hear that one song of of a particular artist that um you know, meant something to them in a particular time in their life. And there's going to be massive amounts of resonance with that. And so, you know, as we've been identifying goats in, in the uh, sports world and, and kind of remembering like the importance that, you know, a Walter Payton rookie card or a Joe Namath rookie card or who, who you know, what, whatever it might be, um, I think there could definitely be some transference or some corollaries in the music world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It just seems natural to me. And as I mentioned, I've gone back and I've picked up some musician cards, if you will, from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And uh, they're pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to blow, I'm not trying to uh, uh, get anyone else interested in this. Uh, I, I just think they're really cool. And if, you know, if, if it, I almost don't understand how it isn't something that I was already aware of. Like it actually took me to go seek it out and see what's out there. Like what's out there? Elvis Presley, one of the biggest names in music of all time. Not necessarily my favorite artist of all time, but one of the biggest names. Everyone knows about Elvis. What kind of cardboard does he have? Kevin Jones mentions the 1964 Beatles cards. There's a set of Beatles cards from 1964. That's pretty early. And then you can look at Hollywood as well. Big actor, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, like, what kind of cardboard is out there for those guys, right? I mean, I know this is called sports cards live after hours, but it's it's still cardboard, and we we still like all the we we you know we like music, we like sports. So anyway, something that we've uh, I know Joe and I have talked about it a little bit, and um, and you know as I mentioned, I've picked up some pieces along the way, and once they start to flow in, I'll I'll show some of them. But um, yeah, it's interesting, and I, th I think I think you know I don't know for me. Superheroes don't resonate with me that well. I enjoy the movies. I enjoy Marvel's movies. They're 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 visual 
uh, feasts of, of, of just awesomeness, right? They're, the storylines are awesome. The, the visual is awesome. They're entertaining. But it, I leave it at the movie theater. I don't go home and get in. I, I leave it at the theater. But music, I listen to in my car. I listen to in my house. Yeah, I've been listening to my whole life. So kind of neat. Okay, let's keep going. Just one thing I'd throw oh, in, Jerry. Yeah. It's it's in that sweet spot of it, they're they're not so very ridiculously expensive that you won't just be happy that you got them right. Like it's it's um, in that calibration of in my investing and in my collecting the the few that I've picked up, I'm I'm super stoked to have them, and I don't really care if they go up because they they mean something to me. However, I do think they have a lot of potential too. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it's an untapped market and I think that people are going to eventually realize it. And I'm going to do my best as someone with an audience to not to not uh, hype it, not hype it. I'm ta we're talking about it right now because we are I'm a collector. That's all there's to it. I you know, <laughs> I'm going to talk about some things I'm collecting, but I'm not hyping it. I'm not going to try and manipulate anything, but I'm going to talk about what I'm doing. And and share some of it. And if that hasn't, if it ha, if 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 the low level influencer that I am causes it to anything to happen, so be it. I'm not going to take responsibility for it, or or you know, I'm not going to really feel accountable for it. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm just it's what I'm doing, and uh, you know, like it, hate it, whatever it is, that, that that'll be on on everybody else. But I I do think there's potential there. So plus, they're awesome. They're super cool. I'm really enjoying it. So anyway, okay, let's keep on going. Thanks, guys, for hearing us uh, chat about that. Kevin Jones says, I have a 91 Rock Cards Jerry Garcia at PSA right now. So Jerry. we're not alone, Joe. There's other people that are, that are yeah, Kevin Jones. I probably, actually, I don't think out of the stack of Rock Cards that I open, I don't think I pulled the Jerry Garcia, but uh, very cool, man. Very cool. Uh there were some other good comments here that I saw. Brandon George says, what the heck? Elvis Presley has cards. Yeah, I, I picked up some because it's Elvis. And the, uh, I don't want to talk about it so much, but the, just because I don't want to seem like we're hyping, but the images are cool. You know, they've got, especially cards from the 50s and 60s. They were just done really nice, really nice. Uh, I do not own an Elvis Presley relic piece. I'm more interested in the, uh, I'm more interested in the the, the, the vintage pieces here. And they're, they're, you know, but I'm also really, I really like these cards. They're because the the checklist is, it's everybody. They didn't miss anybody really. Huge, yeah. It's pretty cool. Appreciate this, Chris. Talk about all you want. I already got my Iron Maiden Judas Priest holograms. Yeah, those were, those were out of these packs apparently. I think they were. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Easy Brother says, I heard you and Brian talk about the set registry for PSA. Just started getting cards graded, and I'm not familiar with the registry. Ah, well, you know, the set registry, I'll just go very quickly because I think most people are, are aware of it, but I don't want to make any too strong assumptions. So if you're not, the PSA registry is basically a, a section of their website where you can go when you're logged in under your account and you can basically register a set. So they'll have pre-selected sets. For example, uh, for example, the 1965 Topps baseball set. You can you can collect that on the registry, and as you add graded cards to your collection, you enter the serial number of the slab into their system, and it will register it as yours, and it will assign a weighting to it. And once you have the whole set, or even before you have the whole set, you'll see where your set ranks against everyone else who has kind of registered that they want to build that set. But you can do Hall of Fame baseball. You can do 
Mount Rushmore hockey. You can do all the all-star baseball team from 1992. You can do every Cy Young winner of all time. Like it, it's a, there's thousands of different sets that you can uh, join or, or uh, register within the set registry and people compete fiercely to get to the top of those registry lists. The hall of fame lists are, are very competitive. So that's what it is. That's what it is. Hope that helped. Iron Maiden has a card. Yes, for sure. For sure. They have a, Iron Maiden has a logo hologram and then there are base cards of them in the set behind the tanks says that the registry is the reason why the 86 cleared Johnny Moore. That's right. Used to sell for more than the Jordan in PSA 10. Right. Johnny Moore, the, 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 the lowest level common in the whole set is one of the most valuable cards in the set besides the main rookies for the most part and the, the superstars at this point, I would have to think. Aaron Rasmus, good evening. Thank you for saying hello and good night. Chris says, some of the packs Jeremy has have Iron Maiden album art stickers too. Oh, wow. Very cool. AZ, there you go, AZ. Thank you, thank you. Glad it helped. Franco, I'm blaming you, Jeremy, if I have to pay 10K Sebastian Bach card tomorrow. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Holy, right? Skid Row, right? Yeah. I think Sebastian Bach was the lead singer for Skid Row. Pretty certain. 18 in life, right? Wasn't that their, their big tune? I remember that pretty well. Should we open it? Okay, we're talking about it. Should we open up a pack of this stuff? Let's open a pack. The pro set? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, th- did Brian say anything about that particular issue? Did you? I, I, I watched, I think, most of the show, but I'm not sure you you drilled down on that particular issue. We, we didn't really, but what he did say was that with the pro set trademark being his now, he was really just saying that, you know, there's so many things we can do. Even he, he mentioned, I think, the Lion King and uh, some of the Disney stuff that ProSet did. He's thinking about, yeah, do some buybacks, that sort of get some of those, the people who voice the characters to sign some cards and do buybacks that way. I mean, entertainment. Yeah, I mean, we talked about music, but just in the realm of, of actors and, and, you know, cultural figures, icons, um, that could be, I mean, if Brian's still listening, you know, check that out i'm sure he is and and i think he went he, he at the end of the show when we were when we signed off and we were just chatting we were just saying good night to each other he's like i don't know how you do it i don't know how you stay up so late every, every saturday he goes i got to i got to hit the sack i'm like so i think he's i think he's uh, hit the sack by now uh brandon george what's that called if you're talking about this set here brian it's called pro set superstars music cards and i bought a box of these a couple of weeks ago at eastridge here in calgary for $15 I think it's 36 packs and I opened a bunch of them last week. I'm going to open a couple tonight, but that's the, that's what it is. I bought, I paid 15 bucks for the box and I definitely got my money's worth in terms of entertainment value. Definitely. So here we'll open up a pack. Let's see if we get the Jerry Garcia or any other big legends. I got a legend. Oh, right off the top, the doors. Oh, wow. Right. You got Jim Morrison right there. Like that's pretty cool. And you can see, you can see right along here. Right along the edge there, you see that white? Yeah. That's damage. That's not the card. That's actual, that's an actual like scrape along the edge of the card. So yeah, these cards do not come out Coming in that creative condition. Same with the Jimi Hendrix. I mean, it's got white showing on all four edges, but there's a Jimi Hendrix card. Like, who doesn't want a Jimi Hendrix card? Don't answer that, Carlos. Kings of the Sun, never heard of them. The the pretenders. I mean, you Hothouse Flowers. Like, I remember these guys. Hothouse Flowers. Ted Nugent, classic rocker. 
George Michael. I mean, you know, the guy, like, love him or hate him, one of the greatest artists of all time. Dread Zeppelin. Mm. The Clash. Ooh, Ooh, Clash. There you go. I love it. I love it. I used to love The Clash. Is that black and white there? Yeah, it is. The nice. Clash, The Monk. Anyone else remember The Monks? They had the songs, uh, two songs I remember well, Drugs in My Pocket and uh, Nice Legs, Shame About Her Face. And Big Daddy Kane. We get Big Daddy Kane. And then here's this uh, 10 cent off coupon that we were talking about in the last episode. Ooh. On their next purchase of Superstars Music T-shirts, as seen in the Proset Gazette. As seen in the Proset Gazette. Then you also got one of these pro set music cards, instant win game thing. So, you so, know, serious stuff here back in the day. Pro set was making moves for sure. When you start thinking about, I mean, that's the thing about music. You can find someone who is, you know, got a particular niche in a, in a band or this, that, and the other. But when you really think like macro, what are some of the names or, or bands that you think really have like, the capital in terms of like fandom to, to, to be like really, really long lasting in, in our, in our memories. Well, I mean, I got some quickly come to mind, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, uh, the Doors, you um, too. <laughs> I mean, the biggest acts of all time. When I first looked at when, when music cards first entered my mind, Joe, I went to Google and I Googled, uh, best mu- best musicians all time, something like that. And I got a list and I just kind of looked and, I'm like, and it kind of was just tweaking my memory. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course, you know. But the Beatles and the Stones, how, how, how do you go wrong owning a piece of their history? I just don't know that you can. They're, they're never, music, music doesn't retire. Music can't tear an ACL. I'm getting sick of that comment, but music can't tear an ACL. You know, musicians... Unless they, you know, they go Charlie Manson on you, they're going to be, you know, the music lives on longer than the sport sometimes. Well, we're talking about international appeal with NBA and China or Europe and or soccer with Europe. Um, But music truly is international. I wasn't wasn't even a a Madonna fan really growing up. But, I mean, she, she transcends even just her music to becoming like, an icon. That's why I was just so like, oh wow, Madonna for real. Yeah. Let me grab it's you say Madonna. So I did I did get this one in. It's a Madonna card. So this is oversized because the Madonna card is a bit bigger, but I'm gonna show you guys this one, which I think is just I, I love it. I mean, and Madonna to me is an all-time legend. So it's big because the card is is a bit bigger. So they put it in one of these big holders, but there she is, like total material girl. And this is a 1986 Panini Madonna Smash Hits collection. So it's got Panini on it from 86. She's performing. And and it's it's an it's an it's a like uh in action shot, right? It's an action shot. But I'll show you guys the back. The back's kind of neat. It's a panini. It's a panini. It says right at the bottom, figurine panini. So some sticker set they probably put out in in, in Italy in That's 1986. A, I feel I like I've heard that name before, Panini. Yeah, sounds familiar, right? When you get that kind of equity on a card, I just want to look under my loop and see if I can see. Just read what printed in Italy by Edizioni Panini SPA Modena. So, and it's got the knight, the knights at the bottom there. So, this thing was 
produced and distributed in Europe. I don't think it ever was distributed in North America, but it's made its way over. And this is a PSA 3.5. And honestly, I look at it, I don't see anything wrong with it. So there must be something I'm not seeing. Don't know what it is, Yeah, which, which is great, right? Yeah. I don't care, I don't care what the grade is. I, I don't I don't remember the pop on it, Joe, but it's not high. Is that a standard case or a bigger case? It's it's a bigger case. Let me find uh, here. So I'll just put a regular slab up against it. So there yeah. you go. So but you can see the card itself isn't much bigger than a regular card, but it's too big for the standard PSA holder. So they put it in this thing. I wish it would have fit in here, but this, I don't know, this doesn't offend me. It's still pretty cool. I really have it on display. I, I love it. Like, call me crazy, guys, but. Well, and, and here's the here's the thing I was thinking about. I, we were having this conversation a while back um, about you know let's just say old baseball stars, um, and and not like the Lou Gehrig's and Babe Ruth's, but maybe you know Eddie Collins or Rogers Hornsby, you know, really important players. But over time, you know, they may they may not stand the test of time as well as say you know Babe Ruth or somebody. But music can always be listened to. Right. You can, you know, a thousand years from now, if we're all still, you know, well, we won't be around, but somebody will be around. If there's someone to listen to, you know, Bob Dylan or, or the Beatles, um, that's going to just carry over for time immemorial. And think about young people these days. You get into your parents' car, they put on the radio or the satellite, whatever. You're going to hear you're going to hear songs from artists from all decades. So it's, you know, it's not like. It's not like you you go to a sports event and all you're seeing are the players of today. You're not seeing the players of yesteryear because they're dead or retired, right? So you can't you can go on YouTube and find clips, but music, whether you like it or not, you're gonna hear it. You know, it's gonna there's yeah, there's there's commercials will pick up a song, or maybe um, you know, bands will do a cover. Or, you know, you just inadvertently are exposed to, you know, in your parents' car, like, what are they, what are those old people listening to? Oh my God, you know, it's the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, and some of these, these songs are catchy, right? Kids, kids, and think about even back even further. And I mean, I'm just in my mind thinking like Beethoven, you know, not like there's any Beethoven cards because we're talking whenever he was, whenever he lived, I don't know if it was the 1700s, 1800s, but, you know, that music lives on today and he's an all time. He's a the goat of music. Let's say the goat of classical music, right? Still lives on. People would still pay for his autograph or the piano he played or whatever it is. So, I mean, I said, let's stop talking about it, but we're going to, we'll keep coming back to it. I'm sure as we, as we scroll through comments and work our way through, through our evening here. Uh, I put some comments on the screen just to people are talking about, about it as well. So that's kind of cool. Carlos says, it's gratifying that I don't even need to expend the energy to be fully contrarian. Yes, Carlos, I got you covered, buddy. I got you covered. It's just nice to know you're you're listening. Nice to know you're there, my man. Guys, check out his channel on YouTube if you haven't yet because I'm Carlos. Uh, he does regular episodes, but my favorites are the Sunday night live streams. Uh, Joe is often on with him. I'm often on with him. Bobby Burrell is often on with him, um, among others. And and Carlos, uh, when we get a chance, we need to talk about uh, Ken Golden's recent drops on Instagram. There's there's more emerging every day to uh, discuss and and dissect, and uh, I'm sure you're um, thinking about that as well. 
I'm looking forward to a, a deep listening to a deep dive on that tomorrow night. But I did tell my wife I was going to watch Coming to America 2 with her tomorrow night. So I don't know. I might not come on till later on tomorrow night to, to watch Carlos. Jared, did you did you have Ken Golden on your show once? Yes, and, I did. And are you planning to have him again? April 10th. Awesome. All right. I thought I thought that. Okay. That that's exciting because the way things are moving in the hobby and. Uh, did you did you hear his Instagram drop the other day where he was talking about eBay reaching out to him and kind of sorting through that? I thought that was pretty fascinating. I did. I, I did. I, I listened to that yesterday, I believe. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I look forward to having him on again. He came on with me, I think it was August. It was the Thursday before his his Saturday auction close where the Mike Trout sold for $3.8 I had him on just a few days before that. So that was a really cool episode. He's told me, uh, in, in talking to him about him coming on on April 10th, he said to me um, he was going to come on last Saturday at first, but he couldn't because he was with Logan Paul opening Pokemon in L.A. But uh, he said to me, he goes, it's better I come on April 10th because I'm going to have a lot of new news by then to, for cool. you. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, Chris says that uh, the 10 cent coupon tells you what the print what print that set is. There's a site with an in-depth checklist about that set. Yeah, it's a cool set. I'm not surprised it has a, a following. Yeah, it should, right? Digital Underground is Tupac's RC. That's, I didn't, that's awesome. I didn't know Tupac was in Digital Underground. That's neat. Very yeah. neat. Corey Carr, good evening again. I know how far are we behind? We're eight minutes behind on the comments. Yeah, Brian Kingsley, Pink Floyd, uh, right? That's right up there. Right up there, right? For me. Totally. Jimi Hendrix, right up. Bruce Springsteen, uh, you know, David Bowie, The Police, Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. Glass House is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Who we got here? Rounding the Corners with Darren Hogan. Good evening. He says, I seem to recall Michael Jackson thriller cards. Yes. I. Oh, I have some of those. I actually, I'm going to, I have them right on my table here somewhere because I opened up one pack of it. I have two Michael, here we go. They're right there. These are Michael Jackson cards, and they are, I believe, uh, I don't know if they're, they're not call, called Thriller, but they were, in, I think they came out because of Thriller, and um, I opened one pack last week. I bought them at Eastridge for like three bucks a pack because they're cool wax packs, and I was lucky enough, I think, because every single card is Michael Jackson, so I kept two of the cards. I kept them. I had the other ones, but I put two in top loaders. One of them is this one here simply because it's the number one card in the set, and I thought, well... In a set that's filled with only Michael Jackson cards, the number one card must be kind of the rookie card or the, the best card in the set. I don't know. And then the other one I kept was this one here simply because I like cards with gum still stuck to them. I keep that. To me, that's awesome. That's ho that's hobby history right there. Well, you, you made me think of the uh, 77 Star Wars where the number one is Luke Skywalker. And uh, I mean, that's I, he's got a lot of, you know, FaceTime in that whole set, but the number one is sort of the one that seems to be drawing most of the attention with the higher PSA grades, you know, ranging up into the four figures now, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Speaking of Star Wars, I was watching some Han Solo from that set auctions uh, this past week, and there were two cards, and I'm just going to go quickly look at them so I don't so I get this right they're still saved in my ended on my on my uh, eBay watch list but one was a PSA 9 I think it was and the other a PSA 6 and I kept them because I found the price differential between those two grades was 
pretty big. And of course, we know a nine to a six is big in really any product, but a PSA six, uh, sorry, 6.5. Here, you know what I can do is I can share the screen here quickly and just so I can show people. And for anyone who is uh, going to be listening to this in the uh, on the uh, podcast and you're not seeing this right now, I apologize, but Let's just, uh, let me just bring up this card here and I'll find, here we go. So just to show you guys what I'm talking about, just going to make them bigger, bring them up here. Because, you know, it's like, what's wrong with a 6.5 in this card? It looks super nice. Of course, you know, we all want the best grade we can afford and all that, but okay, here we go. Uh, There we go. So this is the 6.5 sold for $74. Looks pretty nice to me, like... You know, nothing wrong with that. Looks, awesome. Yeah, it looks really nice for 6.5. This card sold for $74. And there's the nine, $1,375. So another $1,300. And the card, you know. Pretty much. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Doesn't look much better to me. But again, it's hard to tell from a scan. But, I, you know, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. And and where we are right now with both the PSA uptick in prices as well as just the glut of, um, you know, their turnaround time, I think, you know, finding those bargains, you know, where there's such a huge discrepancy between a 6.5 and a, what was that, a 9? Um, you know, to me, that's huge value. That's huge value. Huge value. You can get in on the 6.5 and, and have the representation of the card and not have to blow a mortgage payment or whatever it may be, right? A, a month's rent like it's i like here behind the tank grateful dead and kiss yes of obviously Hugh, kiss might be one of the biggest ones from a collectability standpoint that there is right totally and and you know there is a phenomenon and i don't even like really talking about it because it it sounds in some ways you know i, I no one wants to capitalize on on anybody's um you know ill fortune but when when superstars, be they, you know, sports superstars or otherwise pass, people suddenly have a feeling of, of wanting to connect with them, right? As soon as, as soon as that moment happens, it's, it's like all these emotions come up. Um, you know, it happened for me with, with Tom Petty. I showed you the Tom Petty card. When Tom Petty passed, it was suddenly like, wait, really? And, and I, I had a new appreciation. I'd seen him a couple times in concert and, uh, but didn't really like, think about it or, or, you know, David Bowie, for instance. And, you know, I think those, those moments, um, as we've seen with, you know, recent passings of, of Hank Aaron or, um, you know, obviously Kobe, it just, it, it moves the, the humanity in us and, and, and culture across the board, you know, worldwide. And so anyway, I mean, it's, it's not even about, you know, a commercial investment. It's really about feeling a little closer to those figures that have meant so much to us. Right. And how, you know what, the other nice thing about the card, the, the cardboard card is that you have an image of them as well. I mean, I guess, well, you have an image, it depends what era it's from. You've got the technology of the time embedded there as well. But, you know, of course we can go look at images on our computers all day long, but to have an artifact, from from when they were in the prime of their career or early in their career, you know, right? right. Pretty pretty cool, pretty cool. I've also picked up uh, a couple of Marilyn Monroe cards from the fifties. I mean, 
Marilyn Monroe. They're beautiful cards, and they look like sports cards, but they're not. They're Marilyn Monroe cards. I don't even know what set they're from. They might be from. They're either from. They're they're Dutch. They're Dutch or Swedish. That's where most of these things are coming from. That I'm that I'm that I find myself really liking to look at. And that's a fascinating part of it, right? Is that Europe um, and, and and many of these icons were American, and there was this kind of you know focus on what's going on in America, you yeah. know, of of the the stars and the Hollywood and just everything, you know, kind of being in the center, which, you know, I don't America, whatever, but you know, that, that, that gaze from um, the continent, so to speak, I think. Um, and then they're producing cards to kind of account for that fascination with these other stars um, is, is kind of an interesting sidelight because I don't think there were as many being produced in the USA. Um, so I think you're right. When I went hunting originally for these music and, and, and some Hollywood cards as well, very little from North America produced. Like there, there's a couple of top sets. There's the look and sees from 52 of historical figures. There's another one. I can't remember what it's called right now, but I think it's from 60 or 62 or something like that, where, you know, full-size cards and you can, you know, there's all sorts of uh, famous actors and actresses in there. Um, so, yeah, it's all, all sorts of neat stuff. Um, I like this Brandon George. Madonna has Madonna has cards. Get my wife jealous. There you go. There you go. Corey bring, says, bring I saw every, a cool. Go. Oh, I was just going to say, bring everybody into the hobby, you know, right? Something for everyone. Yeah. Or, you know, the other, the other thing there, Brandon, is, you know, you, you tell your wife, hey, I bought myself some sports cards. I didn't leave you out. Here's a Madonna card. You know, get get something for her. Tie her over. Corey says, I saw a cool Jennifer Love Hewitt. Goodwin Champions ought to go for 300. Yeah. And Jennifer Love Hewitt, she is she is not hard on the eyes. Uh, hockey guy, I think you're talking about the Madonna card. Thank you. Billy, welcome. Says, I used to own a ton of new kids on the block cards from the early 90s. No idea why I ripped them as a kid. I think they were in a box next to Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Ninja Turtles look cool. You can get like you can get um, old A team cards if you want a Mister T rookie, you know, kind of thing. Go get go buy A team. We forget that Madonna is an all time. I don't forget that Brian, but I hear you. People, yeah, she's an all time. She's an all timer. Madonna is a like she's she's Babe Ruthish. Like you yeah. know, she's as big as it gets. She pop changed music. the game. Yeah, pop music. You might have you know Michael Jackson, Madonna. Prince, I don't know. Yeah, Madonna is a she's an absolute goat. I believe I believe a all-time goat. Foul Fireball says all my old Panini stickers were made in Italy. Okay, so I guess you're talking about the uh like the the what I don't know sport you're talking about, but if I think about the hockey stickers that I collected in the 80s, I think those were not I don't know what they were to be honest. I think they were Opichi, but um good to know. Good to know. Thank you. Uh, Brandon George, that's something. Okay, we're we're our 15 minutes behind, so it's hard to remember exactly what these are all in reference to, guys. I apologize. Behind the tank says Beethoven should have appeared in the 1952 tops look and see, but he was absent. He finally made it on a 2009 Allen and Ginter. Ooh. Yeah. So does does that mean if you collect music cards and you want to like get the gamut of you know from all time greats, do you buy that Ginter card? Because to me, it doesn't feel right. Just like these cards, some of them feel right, some of them don't. You know, artists of the 80s and 90s or 80s really feel right on this cardboard for me. But when I can buy a Rolling Stones card or a Beatles card from the 50s or 60s, uh, that 
kind of usurps the interest in me having a one from this set here. Um, but uh, yeah, and I agree. He sh Beethoven should have been in the fifty-two uh, look and see set for sure. That would have been. I would probably chase that card at this point in time. Yeah. Oh, Chris uh, just looked at those Panini stickers. Some big names in that set: Elton John, Rush. Yep. Those are MJ off the wall cards. Could be the Star Wars C three PO. Uh, the uh, yeah, the error card is uh, yeah, that's a cool card. There, he's got some kind of metal rod sticking out from his groin. So they fixed that when they realized what it looked like. Corey Carr says, Jeremy, you saw that run of Gretzky PSA rated cards today. You pick any up. They went pretty cheap. I only was watching two of them, Corey, so I missed the other ones. But I noticed you said in the last show that there were a whole bunch of them. Maybe he listed too many. I don't know why. I, I, I probably went through all of his sales, but the other ones just didn't interest me except for the two that I watched. So I didn't see them. Rock Latex, welcome. The Kobe, oh my God. God, Kobe Bryant, 96, refractor, black label, $1.8 million. That is a big number. Not surprised. I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised. You know, 1.1, 1.2, but 1.8, wow. Wow. We're in hyperspace. I mean, it's just every, at every, every turn, every day, it, it's hard to keep up and – uh I, I, I mean, uh, how, how are you doing with tracking the data? I mean, it, I, I don't track it, man. But you know what? I, I mean, I can't. The, I'll leave that up to the, uh, the the guys that do that or now, right? The card ladders, the market movers, that kind of thing. But, you know, it was two years ago when when Nat Turner bought the PMG Green Jordan for, for 350 and then the Brady uh, contender sold for 400. That was like, what? That was the first time I remember where we saw that kind of numbers for non-vintage goats. If you're not, if you weren't Honus Wagner or Mickey Mantle, we didn't see we didn't see million-dollar cards ever. Now we're seeing million-dollar cards every single day for modern-day cards. Never mind vintage. Reggie Jackson PSA ten rookie just sold for a million dollars. Like I sold my PSA eight back in November. Darn it, darn it. You know, but hey, can't win them all. You, you uh, got show us oh it's it's a it's a reggie i i can't say it's a, a a p it's it's actually altered unfortunately but it it's a pretty crisp copy of uh a bgs altered card i think it's, it's probably sliced or something i bought it i bought it in the case it's like okay that's that's a chance to get something that looks a little bit like a a nine reggie yeah oh it's a that's amazing man i mean it's who guess if I, I'm willing to own cards that are altered or trimmed if they're in that altered case, because I never want to have to worry about someone getting yeah. my card. Like, you know, I get hit by the proverbial bus and my wife goes to sell it and it comes back trimmed. And now, I you know, only way I'll own a, an altered card is if it's denoted as altered. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nice. Yeah. As long as we all know. Yeah. Cardboard Max lets us know Tops made several Beatles sets. Chris is looking at 78 Kiss cards. AZ Brothers, not a fan of Black Label. Me neither. I'm with you, AZ. I mean, to me, for I said it a few weeks ago, you know, the BGS grading scale is not a 10-point scale. It's actually a 40-point scale. In my The way I look at it is that you add up the four subgrades, the best you can get is 40. That's a Black Label. 
A 39.5 is a 10, and it's the only 10 you can get is 39.5. Everything else below is a 9.5. So the, to get that half a point grade, half a point, 39 and a half to 40 is going to cost you like a million bucks on that card, I got to think. You know, a regular BGS 10 in that, in that, uh, in that, was it a Kobe or uh, this card here? A regular non-black label BGS 10. What, what is that worth right now? I don't know, but I don't think it's worth 800 grand. So you're paying a, you're paying, let's say I'm right on that. You're paying a million dollars for a half a point on a 40 point scale. I mean, yes, it's rare. The black, the card isn't rare. The black label is very rare. And that's what you're paying for, I think, because what's the, what's the difference? So I'm with you, Rock. I'm with, I'm with you. Uh, who said that here? Uh, that was AZ, bro. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Not a it's not that I'm not a fan. I just would never pay the, I don't see the value. I don't see the value. Billy, Leaf does a great job with non-sport. They seem to be very reactive to pop culture and quick to capitalize on trends. Yeah, they do. You know, they did, back in the day, they had this, they had uh, the Yup guy from Storage Wars at their booth at the National. And I remember I went and, Stood in line, got an autographed eight by ten by from that guy. Forget his name now, but that was a very a moment in time cultural sort of thing. And yeah, Brian was on it. Brian's very he's 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 a stew when it comes to that kind of thing for sure. Uh, Terry, they weren't rookies. Uh, Terry, they were inserts. They were '90s cards for the most part, I believe. Az says, yeah. How is it better than a PSA ten? Well, the one thing about that comment I'll mention, Az, is that you can't that you can't just ask it generally. You have to take a specific BGS 10 black label, put it beside a specific PSA 10 of the same card and compare those two specific examples because there's an infinite amount of conditions of cards. There's not just 10, 10 different grades or, or 20 with a half points, whatever it is. There's, a, there's millions and millions of different conditions a card can be in. So you really got to compare them to each other is what I think. <clears throat> because let's face it, sorry, Joe, hold the thought. But there are definitely cards in PSA 10 holders that, if crossed, would be BGS 10 black labels. It, there has to be. Go ahead, Joe, please. Well, you're, you're evoking something you asked earlier, what, what has been on my mind. And I think one thing that's been on my mind is valuing cards off of the recent sale. And, and when these cards are hitting you know, six and seven figures now, and then we, we jump to... So that's now what it's worth. I think, I think we need to pause there. We think we need to pump the brakes just a little bit and and think to ourselves, okay, you know, e even if we acknowledge that like it was a a sincere sale, there was no, you know, collusion or anything untoward going on, it still amounts to one person deciding that they want that card for that value, and and where it goes from there, who knows. Um, and, and this is not in any way to, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the work of card ladder and, and market movers to, to track the data, but it seems more and more that people are just sort of defaulting to the card value is what the recent sale was. And I, I just think it's a lot more complicated than that. Really good point, man. And one thing I'll say to that is I actually believe, well, okay. In the absence of a subsequent sale, because we're going to have subsequent sales for most cards that will establish the new perceived value or the new comp. I think the 
You can't argue with it being a comp, but are comps the today's value? I like looking at it like this. The underbidder is the person that caused the high bidder to pay as much as they did or the underbidders. There could be a couple that, you know, that bid it up. Um, it's that second bid. It's the second highest bid that to me is what is now what that person's willing to pay because the person who bought their copy for the, who bought the copy, they now have it presumably. And again, presumably they don't want another copy. So now the second guy who was the underbidder that didn't win that big copy, they're now saying, well, I'm, I'm not willing to pay 1.8 for it, but I'm willing to pay 1.7. So is the card worth 1.7 or 1.8? Or I think the right answer, we don't know. It's worth neither. It's worth really an unknown amount until the card sells again. And then we have another comp, but are comps actual values? I mean, you said it well, you said it, it it's the card that that person decided to buy and what they decided to bid on that day. And well, that day is a unique day that will never happen again. Two things. I, I, I think one, there are also card transactions going on where there's not a second bidder, but there's just a, a unique transaction going on between a buyer and a seller. And so that that's an interesting phenomenon because you don't have that second bidder to, to sort of justify what the next bid up was. And then secondly, I when I when I go after a card hard, like on eBay, I'm always not only looking at the, the second below, but the third and the fourth. I want to see the whole, you know, sort of... Um, stratosphere of, of interest to, to feel it's, you know, it's, it's comforting when there may be, you know, three or four other people that were, um, you know, just, you know, try, trying to get there, but weren't quite there versus like a huge, a huge um, disparity. So anyway, great point. No. Yeah. And I, I do the same thing, Joe, especially if it's a card I own, not when I'm selling, but I have a copy tucked away and I want to know is the value, like, is the card really and I'm going to do it worth that much. I'll go look at the bid history. And let's say it's a card that is that sold for $25,000. I want to see, and the last copy sold for 12, just an example. I want to see how many people bid more than 18 or $19,000. Was there two people? If so, could be shenanigans. But is it five people? Are there five unique bidders? where you can see feedback ratings that all bid over 18 or $19,000. In that case, I'm going to consider that card to be worth somewhere between 18,000 and $25,000 because there was, there's enough support for that, you know, support a term used a lot in the stock world. The more bidders you have that are bidding over a certain threshold or a certain point on a card provides support for the value for the comp. And so I, I would, I would, I would actually rely on that to give me some indication of value, but it's hard, you know, comps, like you said, very astutely, they're not the new value. They're just the newest comp. I think I, I'd like to hear Carlos's take on it because I have a feeling this might be a rare occasion where he somewhat agrees with me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, let's look at some more comments here. Tank says, if I, I remember when I thought people were crazy paying 18 grand. <laughs> yeah, like this is mind blowing. Kingsley says, yeah, million dollar cards every day. Crazy. Um, yeah, AZ, the markup, talking about the difference in the grades. But you had another comment here I saw. Never thought of it that way. Very in-depth breakdown, Joe. Luka Doncic, logo man for four. Yeah, that was a private sale of four points. Ah, David Hester. Dave Hester, that's his name. The yup guy. That's the yup guy. Thank you, guys. You and Tanks, appreciate that. Brandon George. I like this question. If you graded the card yourself and got back a black label, would you sell the 
black label and get a PSA 10? Yes, 100% of the time I would. Every single day. Sell that card to the, no offense, sucker that's willing to pay a, a million dollar premium, let's say, on a half a point, on a 40 point scale for a PSA 10. All day long, I do that. All day long. BG, I don't have a single BGS 10 black label in my collection. I think I have one gold BGS 10 in my whole collection. And uh, I have no intentions, zero desire to own a black label. Zero. How about you, Joe? Not really. I mean, uh, they look cool, but I, I agree with you. It's sort of the card itself. And what's what's the level of, you know, how much better is it? Yeah, exactly. I'm 100%. 100%. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Toa Hang says, I heard a good method is to take the last five sales, take the highest and lowest out and take an average of the three and use that as a base. Yeah, that's a, that's a fine, a fine way to assess the value of a card. Is, is that exact strategy going to work every time? Maybe not because let's take those. Let's just look at, think about it for a second. Take those five data points. Are they all over the place? Then sure. But are they trajectorying upwards or downwards? If they're going upwards, I'd probably ignore the bottom two and take the last three. If it's going downwards, I'd probably ignore the the first two and take the last three versus omitting the first and the last. I think you got to take into account trajectory and then from that decide which data points you're going to omit from the last five or however many. But great point, Toa Hang. Thank you for that. And and just to complicate that even further, it's it's time, right? I mean, a lot of these cards that are selling at super high values have either not come up for sale ever or or maybe you know five or ten years ago and everything's changed so it's that that's yeah. where it becomes challenged if we actually had five you know comparison points to 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 certain cards then you know we may be in a better place to estimate the the trajectory if you will a hundred percent and the way I, the way i think about that joe is commodity cards trajectory doesn't really matter because you, you know five data points might be one day right a couple days but a card and a card that almost never sells you don't have five data points and but- that's that's where we get into the one day one collector thing and you know if the second collector so maybe two collectors on one day and i think that's that's kind of fascinating because you know there's something i think that that's when I when I look at you know some of the higher level collectors who who have the resources and you know they're they're not being willy nilly they're really trying to dial in on you know comparative values but you're you're always going to be flying a little bit in the dark um, when it comes to things that are so rarely seen and and that there's probably a rush to that 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 people that have that money and the interest in obtaining the card get in in trying to you know bring it on home. It's like, you know, catch, catch the, the big whale, the fish, whatever. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Great color you're providing tonight, Joe. I love it. I love it. AZ. I currently have a PSA 10 pop one on eBay overpriced for the exact reason as you, as who knows, maybe someone will pay. Yeah. And right now in all of the cardboard history, now's the best time to take that shot at someone overpaying because there's a lot of people new that are with a lot of money that are just buying what they like and 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 good for them. Good for them. Hopefully they don't overpay to the point where they realize it. Well, where they realize it and then they say, oh, darn, I, I'm out. Forget this. This doesn't work for me. 
but hopefully some people do overpay for a couple of cards simply because it's a lesson and you need to learn. You, you, you remember lessons when you, you know, you learn a lesson that's tough, you're going to remember it. And hopefully you will then, um, you know, adjust your behaviors moving forward or your, your research activity prior to got sports cards. Welcome. Good to see you. We are only five minutes behind in the comments now, Joe. Uh, Billy, but you can actually confirm the last five sales actually were completed. eBay, doesn't, yeah, I mean, sure, Billy, but we're just going to assume that you're taking, you're confident in 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 the comps that you're looking at. Carlos, I do love my comp talk for sure, for sure. Why doesn't BGS just grade cards two to forty? Because a ten point scale is what they when they got into the business. That's what the hobby was doing, and forty just isn't a natural number. But when you look at it that way, you can actually see what what are you getting for that half a point you're getting what is that two and a half percent a two and a half percent improvement from a 39 and a half to a 40 like it's negligible nominal at best always sell the premium and buy the value words to live by az words to live by tank says exactly couldn't sell that black label fast enough for a psa 10 at a way lower price yep me too is it even possible to get a BGS 0.5 or is one the lowest? <laughs> so you need some zeros in there, right? You need to, or you either, either need all 0.5s or some zeros, I think, but I don't know. I don't know if they have a point. I don't think they have a 0.5. Never seen it. Johnny Cash, welcome to the show, says, what do you think about the 03 LeBron Tops Pristine Refractors? I think it's a nice looking card. If I, I think I'm picturing it in my head right now, and I think it's a really nice card. He goes on to say, seems like a set no one wants to talk about. You know, I think the hobby's focus right now is is on the a couple of the the the, the more well known copies, the 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 uh, the tops Chrome, the tops, the tops Chrome, of course, the uh, uh, national not national treasures, exquisite. Of course, I mean, it's a bigger car, but it gets all the headlines. So, yeah. Um, oh, here's a cool. Fallow Fieball. Does Joe surf? Kelly Slater had a card in SI for kids. Yes, he did. Joe, yeah. I know the answer. I'll let you answer. No, I mean, um, I, I do surf, and and I actually met Kelly um, over at Steamer Lane um, maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, took a picture with him, you know, uh, got an autograph on a hat. And uh, Kelly is the man. Um, but yeah, I surf a little bit, you know, working on my back. I need to do a little more yoga. <laughs> I know you surf because I've, we, we, you know, we chat quite a bit, Joe and I, and uh, he'll be like, yeah, I just got back from surfing. I'm like, man, what a life you live going surfing. That's like, I meanwhile, I'm shoveling snow out front. So I just cracked up another pack of these rock stars and right off the gate, right off the bat, I mean, Good. the who, like the who. Pinball Wizard, classic all-time song. Like, of course I'm gonna. If this was, if this could grade, if this could gem, even get a PSA nine, I would submit it for grading because to me it's worthy. It's worthy of my collection. And that's yeah. what I mean. when I say it's worthy. I mean of my personal. I, I personally deem it worthy. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Um, and and one wonders like how many who cards are in that set. I is is there any way to get a hold of a checklist for that whole? I'm sure. I'm sure you could. I'm sure it's out there on Google. So the set has like your base set, and then I guess towards the end or the beginning, there's these cards that are have the gold trim, and they say legends. The little bubble on the bottom there says legends. So they don't all say legends, but the who are definitely legends. So um, they probably do have another card in the set somewhere. I would think. 
Let's see what else we got. Al B. Sure. I don't really remember him that well. I think I sort of uh, Eddie Money with the flow. Look at that flow, Joe. <laughs> I'm only slightly envious of that flow. Here we go. Another Madonna card. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of smoke in the background with the suit looking very professional. That's a stage shot, right? You got to think. With, with Holding up the monocle against her eye there. Pretty neat. We got, got the... Uh, She's got the a London, the London Choir Boys. Never heard of them. Nice. Here's another somewhat of a legend, Janet Jackson. I mean, they got a cut. Look how young she looks there, too. Like, oh, here's this is awesome. OGs, Joe, the OGs. Damn. Run, run DMC. Yeah. Got some Bonnie Rayet right here. Yeah. Wow. A man who's been talked about tonight already, Robbie Van Winkle, Vanilla Ice. Oh, boy. Not worthy of my collection. Michael Bolton. Mm. Sorry. I had a couple decent songs, but wouldn't make it into my uh, – not a card I would be uh, putting in a binder sheet or anything like that, but there's another pack of that. I don't know. I get a kick out of them. For $15 for the box, I get a, I get a kick out of them. Totally. Well, I mean, where can you even find wax to rip these days? I there's no stores around here, and Target's cleaned out. I mean, I you know, there's only I did I did order uh, some some retail optic. I mean, I you know eBay whatever secondary, and you know, open some packs and get a little frustrated. But yeah, for fifteen bucks, you can't lose. <laughs> I hate opening wax and feeling frustrated, so I pretty much don't open wax. But when I go into my LCS here to buy supplies and talk to Mike for a little bit, and I can buy a box of this stuff for, again, $15 Canadian, which is like $11.50 US. <laughs> I mean, it's a couple cups of coffee. I'm, I'm going to buy it and have fun, and it's been it's been fun, and it's providing some content for the show, so why not? Dry Dolphin jumps in and says, dude, sweet, love that you're cracking randoms. It's exactly what I'm doing, Dry Dolphin. I'm cracking randoms because it's... Because it was 15 bucks for the box. Like, why not, right? <clears throat> I love it. I see. He's Here he says, we need modern cards of bands with relics and autos. <laughs> I'm with you. I think there's a huge opportunity there. Huge. So I'm with you, Dry Dolphin, and welcome to the show. I don't think I've seen your name before, so glad to have you. I'm going to ask you to subscribe, guys. If you're, if you're watching, I appreciate you all. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Give me some thumbs up on the video on YouTube. Much appreciate it. Kingsley says... It's cool to see the Jeremy. It's cool to see the hockey god. You get the hockey god. What do you mean? You get jazzed about low end cards that you dig. Very cool. I do, man. I admit it. I do. Thank you. Dry Dolph, crack some ET, right? I was cracking the Michael Jackson pack. I'm going to go back to Eastridge and buy some of it. He had some 18 packs. I'm going to go buy some 18 packs. I think he's like a buck 50 a pack. Sure. I'll take 10 of those for 15 bucks and see if I can get a cool Mr. T card. Well, didn't didn't they get didn't he get cleaned out after your last show? Somebody like kind of went on his site or something. There's bought these things, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was well, Glenn Scribner bought them because now he he messaged me on Facebook the other day saying, "Hey, I went. Yeah, I bought those boxes. I still need. I opened one box. I need six cards for my set. You want to help me out?" I'm like, "Well, sure. I'll see. You know, let me know what they are. I'll see if I have them. But whether I'm gonna sell them or just send them, I wouldn't even sell them. Whether I'm gonna just send them to him." I got to figure out what I'm going to do, but probably why not? So I got a question, Jared. This is kind of stepping back from the 
you know, the music stuff for a second and, and looking at the vintage modern dichotomy, um, it sounds like, not that I've done the research, but from what I'm hearing that there is, you know, the pendulum is swinging. We, we were, we were all into modern, but then there was this vintage swing, but now maybe vintage is slowing down just a little bit. What, what are you thinking about in the next, you know, six months to a year? What do you think, do you think we're going to move back into, to the modern and kind of what's hot today? Or do you think the, the vintage or it's going to just kind of balance out? What do you, what are you seeing? I think the, as far as vintage goes, so modern took off in the latter part of last year and then vintage caught up kind of kind of repositioned itself where it should be relative to modern so good if it's slowing down now some cards are i'm sure i think that the growth rate is slowing down maybe some cards are now going to some normal hobby fluctuations you know comps are kind of bouncing around here and there makes sense to me you know so i don't when we say slowing down it's a good thing that gr the growth rate could not sustain. You can't have, I don't know, 100% growth rates every two to four weeks. It's just unsustainable. So to me, it's good that it's slowed down. It's a healthier level of movement among the, among the values of the cards. So vintage versus modern. Vintage now caught up to where it should be. And now you're saying slow down. Are we going back to modern? I think modern, I mean, we're... Uh, Based on Golden's auctions tonight, yeah, it's not slowing down at all. It doesn't seem. I shouldn't say that. The growth is still happening. Maybe not to the extent, you know, we're not seeing 100% gains across the world. We can't take a black label Kobe and really make too many inferences from it. It's such a one-off kind of kind of sale, right? It's a trophy card probably bought by one of the fractionals. Let's face it, right? That thing's going to be offered on fractional eventually here. So to me that – but. If you look more generally at the lower the, the affordable level cards, I think that the hobby is finding its its way right now. And over the next year, we're gonna see things kind of level out. A Babe Ruth, a Mickey Mantle, a Roberto Clemente, a Jackie Robinson, Gordy Howe, Bill Russell. They need to sell, they need to sell for you know the comparable grade, whatever that may be, needs to sell for as much as a LeBron, a Kobe a Zion, a Luca, a okay. KD, right? Otherwise the world is out of whack. So the hobby noticed vintage caught up modern. I don't think people are going to say, okay, vintage is done. Let's go back to modern. I think that it got to where it had to go to. That's kind of what I think. And now the balance of 2021, and as we move into the future, these things will continue to kind of juxtapose their way to, to some sort of uh, equilibrium. Great analysis. Thank you. I, I, I hope that made some sense. I kind of made it up as I was going along, but kind of that's where my head's at. Excited. Uh, okay, what else we got here from the crowd? Let's see. Darcy, my man, says, can one of you guys please show me a high-end basketball and hockey card, please? Go ahead, Joe. You got something to show? Uh, well, you know, when um, – I, I don't know if this is going to qualify, but when you were talking to Brian earlier and he was talking about the uh, – relationship between panini and lebron and the materials card i went into my um modern basketball card collection and i found this this is um a lebron national treasures i think it's 2000 and maybe 14 or 15 and it's got a 
it's got a, I think it's numbered out of 10. It's this, uh, this up here is a, a patch of the O'Brien trophy that was part of uh, probably his, actually, I think this might be 2009. So anyway, it's an early LeBron patch with a piece of the O'Brien trophy on it. So I don't, I don't know what that's worth, but um, it's a pretty cool card. Pretty cool card. I got one to show here. I mean, I don't know how high-end it is, but I bought this on eBay and I'll buy it now because I thought it was just low. Pr- I thought the price was really good. It's a 2007-8 hockey ultimate debut thread. So this is a rookie year patch, no auto, of probably the best American-born player of all time at this point, Patrick Kane, out of 50. So rookie year patch out of 50 photo shoot jersey so or photo shoot patch so not game worn but still a pretty nice three color patch that's right from the head of the this that brown is like the this the the face of the, of the blackhawk logo and out of 50 i think i think i got it for like 80 bucks i thought wow that's really cheap for patrick kane rookie debut patch so i bought it it's not it's not a pc card this is going to be a card that i will end up selling eventually but i just thought the price was right What's the issue on that? What what um Upper Deck Ultimate Collection 2007 8. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of exquisite searches just um you know, kind of looking at what sort of mid-level exquisite stuff I can find cuz I I really don't have much. Um it always felt out of reach, but now with the ceiling going up so high with obviously the LeBron and and some of the cards that are just, you know, trailblazing and, and, and that, that name and, and ultimate is also a, a brand I associate from that time is like, Oh, wow. You know, you, you bought a pack of ultimate. Oh my God. It's like a hundred bucks or something. Well, that's what I was just thinking the the pack that this Patrick Kane card came out of was at least a hundred bucks, maybe 150. So to get one, the best rookie of the, of the year now. I mean, he used to not be the best, but today he is between him, Jonathan Taves and Carey Price. He's the best rookie in that year now. And uh, you would have hit that in a pack back then. You would have thought you, you you got your money's worth. So I don't, I thought it was a cool buy. So there you go, Darce. I hope that filled your, your desire to see something nice. Um, here's a, Billy makes this comment. An LCS has a few boxes of Beanie Baby cards that have been sitting there for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. 20 bucks a box. I mean, that's something that's probably worth buying. Believe it or not, as an investment, it's probably worth buying because who knows when the Beanie Baby craze will come back, right? Nostalgia wise. I mean, I like, I like that you, you, you speak of it as like a, you know, a done deal. Like it will come back. It's just a matter of when maybe. Um, That was a craze. That was a big craze. I think, I think there will be a nostalgic sort of uh rebound to it or you know sort of boomerang effect if you will could eventually come and happen well i guess time will tell maybe i'm totally wrong brandon george good night to you don't want to don't want to cause you to not have a good day tomorrow but thanks for joining us here dry dolphin lets everyone give some likes so we can see the algorithm i love how he spells the algorithm make the views grow thank you very much dry dolphin Billy asked me, do you own any fractional shares of any cards? I don't, Billy, but I would if I could buy them. But, you know, in Canada, we can't. We're, we don't, we, uh, unless you have a social security number, you are not eligible to buy on collectible or rally. Um, or I think uh, dibs, which is kind of sucks. So I would definitely be playing in that game right now. 
Uh, Kingsley, yeah, Kane is super hot right now. Brandon George, I'm selling one to one. Bert Olmstead, stick auto card on the Centennials group once it's approved. Cool. AZ, Beanie Babies will come back as it also has some McDonald's ties as well. Correct, it does. They did a set there. My man, Dave Kaplan in Vancouver, British Columbia. Good evening to you, Dave. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining. Tank says, I remember when uh, when 10% of the Toronto Expo was dedicated to Beanie Babies. I'm glad I don't remember that that well. <clears throat> so, but I believe it. I believe it for sure. All right, guys, listen, we are at the, uh, we're at the hour 44 minute mark on after hours. That's uh, pretty late. We usually keep it to, well, I'm not going to make any claims to what I keep time to. It always goes past, but the, the, the intention is to go more about like an hour, but uh, I got to say, it's going to be time to, to end this pretty soon. So let's, uh, let's do a final call for kind of last comments and questions from the chat guys. Anything you want us to chat about or any, anything, put it out there in the next couple set, couple minutes here, please. Joe, sure. anything? Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, what's the territory ahead for you in terms of guests who you got coming on the next few weeks? Well, thank you for asking. I'll throw up the banner right now for or the ticker. So upcoming, we got uh, next Saturday, Paul Lesko, who is, he's been on before. He, he follows all the legal proceedings in the hobby. Very, he's a lawyer and he, he follows, like, I'm telling you, it's like, he's always on the ball. If there's something new, a new um, uh, advancement or a new, whatever in, in, in any legal proceeding, he tweets about it and talks about it and uh, follows it. So he's, I, so he came on way back in like May and I reached out to him, I think in like October, November said, Hey, are you ready to come back? And he said, not yet. There's really nothing going on. Well, he reached out to me a few weeks. It was like, all right, I got to come back. And he sent me a list of 13 items, 13 bullet points on things to talk about. So he's coming up next week. So he's got a lot to talk about the week after March 20th, Tyler Nethercott, who is a VP at sports card investor and market movers and is starting his own YouTube channel under the sports card investor banner. I believe to folks on market movers, he's coming on. So that should be pretty cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of card ladder, which is another data tool. I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about market movers. I've never paid for the service. I've never been in it, but I'm interested to hear what Tyler has to say. And then March 27th, uh, we got Billy Celio from upper deck product manager coming back again to tell us what's coming up from upper deck in terms of their, the various uh, products that he works on. And then after that, April 3rd is currently unscheduled. But April 10th, it's like we're scheduled through the rest of April. So I can let you know here a little bit of a preview for everybody if you're interested. We've got April <clears throat> April 10th is Ken Golden. April 17th is uh, Eric Doty, who's the CEO of Loop. Loop the app, something I'm not completely familiar with, but I will familiarize myself. And then April 24th is the, uh, the founder of Otis, the fractional ownership Otis. His name is Michael Karnjanapricorn. He's coming on with me on the, so I'm, we're booked basically through April 24th. So pretty good. I can, I can rest, rest and not worry about scheduling for a bit. So there I'm, you really, have it, I'm really excited to, uh, to, for, for you to host Ken Golden again, that that'll be, I mean, by the time, I mean, if, even if you had him, you know, tomorrow, um, it would be an amazing show, but the way things have been developing, um, you, you saw him on the airplane with the Wagner, like, yes. I mean, that, that's just like, that's like major motion picture. You know, it's like, I'm going to PSA with the Wagner. I, I mean, like that guy's, you know, living larger than life. 
Well, speaking of speaking of you know being on airplanes, uh, I know most people. If you're not following uh, Sasha T on 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 YouTube yet, he puts out great content. He put out a video yesterday or today, short video, seven minutes long, I think, where he got on a plane to fly to Portland to go, I think, to PWCC to buy a card. Uh, Kevin Durant, PSA 10, mm-hmm. uh, Chrome Refractor. Beautiful card. Beautiful card. It was unfortunate they wouldn't let him film, but I understand why. But yeah. he did a great job of kind of, you know, bringing you into the experience. And, um, you know, that's, that's always something I... Uh, you know, I've thought about myself. It's like, if I ever got a card that was, I don't know, what was that? Like 47 K or something. He, um, he said what he paid for it on the show. Is that what he said? 47. It was something like that. And, and, you know, are you going to like, you know, airmail that? Or are you just going to head on up to Oregon? I mean, that's like, uh, what is it? Portland or something? Yeah. They're in Oregon. So you probably flew to Portland. So yeah, for a flight from, he was, he's in LA. I don't know what that flight costs right now, but it's probably under 500 bucks. And and you know you were mentioning with Brian earlier the the um, the shows coming up. It's another Dallas show. Is that yeah, right? Next, week, next weekend. And and all those guys, you know, Sasha and Coleman and the the whole crew. They they put so much you know content out around that that um, allows you to vicariously experience. I'm not going to Dallas, but I'm looking forward to to their reports and their experiences and kind of living vicariously through um, you know their their trades and and their their thinking around um, the hobby in this moment. I'm with you, Joe. I, I look and the nice thing about Sasha is that he turns around his content super quick. Like he's taken that footage, and I saw the one video he did where he sh- talked about how they do it. He sends it to his buddy Nick Nick Cool or Nick Hill, and Nick Hill edits it and then sends it back. And Sasha upload or whatever it is puts it on YouTube. They turn that around like in 24 hours. So I'm super excited for like not this Monday, but next Monday or Tuesday, you know, no pressure on them to get it out quicker than they can, but to see all the action from the show because it's super interesting. Yeah. Sasha puts out really, really great content, really fun to watch. So can't wait for that. Uh, Birds on the bat. He saw that video right on, right on. AZ says, thanks guys. Glad I made it live. Yeah. Really great to have you AZ. Thank you for your comments. It was just great to interact with you. MSC gives us a thumbs up. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we're going to, we're going to end it for the night. Thanks everybody for joining. We got got over 60 people viewing. So thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday. Paul Lesko on the main show will be joining me. You'll want to check it out for sure. He's, uh, the guy, he he's not just a legal analyst in the hobby. He's actually he's, he's very involved in collecting. He's big. He was big into Project Twenty Twenty. I'm sure he's big into Project Seventy. So we will talk about that a little bit as well, which is good because I haven't talked about Project Seventy at all because I'm personally not interested in it. But I'm interested in it for other people. I want to hear what he has to say. Let's see what Billy says. Would love to see one of these auction houses do a live in person auction for something super high end. That'd be neat. Ziggy is the true goat. We're talking about Ziggy Palfy. <laughs> That's not Ziggy Marley. Ziggy Palfy. Thank you, Chris. Joe, final comments. Anyone else? And then we're going to kill it for the night. Not really. Thank you for 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 you know inviting me in, and uh, always uh, a pleasure to to, co- to commune with your 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 fans. Are extremely knowledgeable, and it's uh, it's a good community. So appreciate it. 
Well, uh, no, I appreciate that, Joe. Thanks for accepting and coming on. You're, you're uh, here, here we are complimenting, complimenting each other. Kind of funny, but no, it's uh, it's just a real comfortable uh, environment to be to have you on and uh, good, easy conversation. So thank you. Thanks, everybody else. And um, yeah, till next time, guys, have a great week ahead. Check out Carlos's, uh, check out Because I'm Carlos tomorrow night for his live stream. I will be uh, listening, if not calling in and joining at some point if he opens it up. So thanks, everybody. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow. If not, we'll see you here again next Saturday. Have a great week ahead. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.